Hello, everybody, and welcome to Culture, Conflict, and Cocktails, where I slowly get more intoxicated and explain popular TV shows from the early 2000s. Welcome back, everybody. We're in Season 1, How I Met Your Mother, How I Met Your Mother Season 1. Oh, God. How I Met Your Mother, Season 1, Episode 19. Ted has just screwed up. He was previously dating Victoria, who had to move to Germany. And in the background, Robin was pining for him. Seemingly drunk Robin invites Ted over at 2 in the morning to make juice. Ted says yes, because who doesn't love juice? Instead of breaking up with Victoria, because he was supposed to that week anyway. After showing up at her place, Robin finds out that they're not actually broken up. So Ted is jerk Ted, attempting to get it on with Robin while still being betrothed in name only to Victoria. So Robin sent him packing, and now single Ted is super single. We open to Robin telling the gang in the past, pre-getting angry at Ted, that she won an award for some goofy local channel network TV, some sort of plot device thing. And there's an award show that everybody's invited to. We're now back in the present, and Ted is deciding whether or not he should even go to the, now it's tonight, award show for Robin because he previously pissed her off when he didn't let her know that he hadn't broken up with Victoria yet. Evil Barney tells Ted that not only should he go, but he should bring a date to this award show because like, plus one, however, there's an infinite amount of food. So anybody who's invited, you can bring five guests to the, the simply not enough people are going to be at this free dinner with an open bar. It's a plot hole. But Barney says Ted should bring a date. And Ted's like, well, how am I going to find a date on like six hours notice? And Barney says, get a hooker, a courtesan, a prostitute. And Ted says, ew, gross. And then they talk about the nature of being a hooker in a modern day and age. So this has not aged well at all because OnlyFans exist. Not does it, it, not only does it exist, but it's prevalent, it's popular, it's a legitimate lifestyle career to make content. There are Instagram models just showing off your assets. I was going to say cans, but it, and I'm sure there are guys who do this as well. Uh, yeah, I, different things for different people. It, a dude who can, yeah, 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 yeah. There are like lumberjack thirst traps and TikTok and all right, brain, we got there. This is a legitimate to, I hesitate to say sell yourself, but to sell sex, which has been in marketing and advertising for over a hundred years. That's a, it's a perfectly legitimate way to make money in today's society. And Ted is vehemently looking down upon the, the idea and aspect of selling yourself, like that being your career choice when it's so prevalent nowadays. One in five people? That can't possibly be true. My brain is wanting to come up with some sort of statistic as to what percentage of people are now content creators or however many people post thirst traps on their social media, but it's, it's more than zero. I can say this. I know more people with an OnlyFans 
then I expect Ted to know the phone numbers of hookers. Barney said, oh, and all right, uh, so this, this occurred this week. I was driving through Philly, and there was more than one ad for a strip club, which still exists, it, whether or not that's socially acceptable or now open seven days a week. And my buddy was like, hey, man, do you, you want to check out the buffet at a strip club on a, on a weekday? You wouldn't want to visit a strip club on a weekday as opposed to a weekend, like team A, team B. Team, uh, but we also have content creators. So why do strip clubs still exist when there are so many online available options? And the reason is human contact, which is like rise of sex robots and AI. And my brain's going to go into too many directions with that. Anyway, the point is, Barney and Ted are in opposition to the idea that sex workers, there we go, the, the general broad category term, sex work, is it legitimate or should it be looked down upon as a career choice? Ted says yes, Barney says no, and in the next scene, Barney brings to Ted's attention, hey, this is Mary, I have a friend who would like to bring someone to, I don't know how Barney finagled bringing this woman to the award show at the behest of Ted. Hey, have you met Ted? We're going to a free dinner tonight. And Mary just totally agrees with it. The introduction of Mary, and I'm not going to look up who this is as an actress, but she is hot. She looks incredibly good, like a pale orange peach dress, and she's fairly tan, very petite woman, miles of cleavage. And the, like the, and the biggest selling factor is the Farrah Fawcett haircut. The like blonde, curly, volumized, which made me think, are there other more modern, like the Kim Kardashian butt, the Brazilian butt lift, the Kendall Jenner contour? Is there any Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe? Is there a widely recognized and accepted sex symbol for today it like fair faucet transcends like that will never not be the fair faucet haircut and it's been 30 40 50 i've never seen a movie tv show playboy i i don't know what fair faucet was in but i know that hair i like that is just a an ingrained fit fact in culture that that haircut belongs to that Actress? I'm going to guess actress. She was in movies. How fortunate or unfortunate that they're the the Burt Reynolds, Harry Chess, the Tom Selleck mustache. Do we have, is Harry Styles our latest or most recognizable sex symbol? And if so, doesn't that suck? Who We don't have anybody just iconically sexy for this particular body part and everybody's in agreement that... Like, go them, good on them, the latest James Bond. I, eh, that that just, it makes me a little sad that what a lame time to live in culture and society that we don't have somebody more iconically recognized that is on the forefront of style. That's what I'll go with. Or cleavage. So this woman, Mary, is objectively hot. I would, do I survey people? Do I put up a picture? No, I... Objectively, she is an attractive woman. She's very fit, the appropriate amount of cleavage, very styled hair, intelligent makeup, not too much, not too little. It, 
she looks good. There's there's not a she doesn't have flaws. Let's get canceled. All right, moving on. Not moving on. So logistically, Ted is blown away by this objectively good-looking woman. And he only agrees to Barney to agree to bring Mary because Lily calls Marshall to say that Robin is bringing a date to the dinner as well. And we learn in a flash sideways that she's doing it to make Ted jealous or to make Ted feel bad because like Ted is the, what's the opposite of a victim? Because Ted is the aggressor. He is the, whatever the opposite of a victim is. He's the one who screwed up two episodes ago with the Victoria situation. Robin has every right to be mad at Ted. So the fact that Barney is just stirring the pot and hey, Ted, even though you screwed up, it would still be more fun for the friend group if you took it a step further and angered Robin again. And we do learn from Ted that he's been calling her. He's been trying to get her alone to have a conversation and she's just been shutting that down. So the theme of the episode, I'll take the nature of relationships out of this because usually when you piss somebody off relationship wise, you just get ghost or broken up with that. You're done with that. And you get like one or two chances to, Hey, can we like meet up for coffee and talk about it sort of thing within a friend group situation. Within a friend situation, is that a friendship? Wow, good job, Brain. This is what the aftermath looks like of how you're supposed to apologize to somebody whose life you're consistently in. But the plot is that Ted brings Mary, at the behest of Barney, to this award show, and Robin brings the date that we haven't met yet. And everybody's trying to make each other jealous. And so Robin's date and Ted's date are pawns. They're being manipulated. They're, they're being used. So, and who hasn't done that to some poor stranger at some point? Because we're all mature adults out here. When Robin finds out that Ted's brought a girl and a hot girl at that, and Ted finds out that Robin brought a date, not only a date, but Sandy Rivers from the new cycle, the co-worker of Robin's, we get this interesting flashback as to who Sandy Rivers is. Apparently, he's this goofy jackass on the local news, the 24-hour media news cycle. When they run out of things to talk about, he has a segment where he will just read different articles from today's paper. So Ted and Marshall like to guilty pleasure watch him and laugh at him. How is this a human being's job? Ted loves hating this guy. So when he walks in the room, and Sandy Rivers is a very cartoonish, caricature-looking, he's got a way too much gel in his hair. It, he's a, what you would expect from a fictional newscaster. He's, like, he, essentially, he's Ron Burgundy without the mustache. I'll say that and move on. So at the table, Ted and Sandy and Robin and Sandy and Ted and Mary, everybody's going back and forth. There's this undercurrent of disliking the situation as a whole. And so everybody's just disrespecting each other as people. One thing that I do want to tangent and point out is something that How I Met Your Mother does that I've not seen with other shows. There's like mini cameos. Sandy Rivers is Allison Hannigan's husband in real life. So throughout the seasons of the show, you have different spouses of the main actors who show up in other roles. That ha- it, that's just so cute to me to see husband and wife interact because the relationship between the two characters, they almost never overlap. But when they do, there's always some weird point of contention. So Lily is complaining about her job at the table and Sandy Rivers 
parentheses, her husband says, oh, wow, I can't imagine you cranky. And she, like, too organically snaps back at him, oh, I can't imagine you cranky. You you don't get that kind of natural chemistry without knowing somebody for years. So I think that that's brilliantly done that, oh, we're going to put whomever in this, like, way supporting role and then a couple of episodes later, you guys are going to have one scene together, and that scene's going to make the entire episode. That I've always enjoyed that. So Lily brings up work, and that becomes the topic of the conversation at the table. And somebody says, so Mary, what do you do? And Barney jumps at the chance to, she's a paralegal. And there are follow-up questions. Oh, what does a paralegal do? What firm do you work for? This and that. And she fields the questions normally to the surprise of most of the people at the table. And Ted is taken aback. He's he's having a good time. He's evidently, obviously, having a good time. And even narrator Ted steps in to say, the you know, as the night wore on and I got to know this girl, she really turned out to be something. She, one point, she referenced Star Wars, which is like two green flags. That's, that's Ted's thing. Women who like Star Wars get an immediate pass onto the next round. Some of the best writing that happens in the episode, Ted nonchalantly mentions the architecture of the hotel that they're in, because, oh yeah, he's an architect. And Ted off the cuff says, you should see the rooms. And Mary says, oh yeah, I'd really like that. Barney slides in and says, I got you two kids a room. The dynamic of who knows who, so however Barney knows Mary and for how long, for him to just say, hey, I got the two of you a room, like getting a hotel room. It, similar to 2 a.m., that is code for sex. You don't not get a hotel room and bang like crazy. If someone gets a hotel room, that's that's a thing. That's a widely recognized, acceptable, that, that's totally a thing. If somebody gets you a hotel room, the implication that you're going to have sex is there. Societally, everybody agreed on that a hot minute ago. The fact that Mary's like, yep, that is what we're here to do, and Ted is on board with the fact that all three of them are in on it and everybody's fine. That's I struggle to fathom a woman that, especially in the early 2000s, I struggle to imagine a woman that casually open about their sex life to let other people know like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to bang it out later. Everybody that I'm fine with everybody knowing that's real weird to me. I do have some sex positive friends who are happy to talk about it and discuss go at length but there's still a modicum of respectability or modesty that you you don't advertise it when you're on your way to go do something it there's there has to be some sort of held back nature to sex does still happen behind closed doors that's not a thing you don't let everybody know that particular scene doesn't sit well with me at all. Ted is kind of mulling over, well, should I, shouldn't I? Is that the right thing to do? First date sort of thing. And Robin, so he asks Robin about it. Like, hey, why are you being a jerk to my date? And Robin's like, well, why'd you have to bring legally bimbo to make me feel bad when you're the one who is at fault? I'm the victim here. And Ted kind of throws it back in her face. So Ted is full jerk Ted. Ted does not care about Robin's feelings or the repercussions of his earlier actions. He's just rolling with it. Ted has embraced the fact that he's going to fend for him, and he's, he's making decisions on his behalf, not either the girl that he likes or 
the fact that Robin still is his friend, which is what he, the, when he goes up to talk to her, he asks, hey, we're supposed to be friends. You don't re- return my calls. You didn't listen to my apology. And Robin says, well, I, I struggle to believe how genuine you are with it, especially when you show up with some floozy, which offends Ted, and it, it doesn't need to. It shouldn't. Ted should man up in this moment, and he actively chooses not to. So Robin's speech for winning the award leaves out Ted so that Ted feels bad about because he should. Robin has every right to be mad at him for not, hmm. So it has been apparently two or three weeks. It has been weeks since Ted screwed up, and he has attempted to apologize. So it's now the onus is on Robin to accept his apology, however genuine or misguided it may be. Like, how long does Ted have to show that he is sorry? Ted, due diligence. I do kind of have to side with Ted. One of my siblings, I'm pretty sure it was my sister, once told me that once somebody has given their apology— it is your job to accept that apology or not. But that that responsibility turns back to you. It's no longer that person. Once they have been made aware of how they screwed up and why they're... to Once they understand the situation that you've been the victim in and they have apologized for it, that now turns to you to, like, are, are we good or aren't we? So Robin isn't giving Ted that choice. Crap. Even though Ted is jerk Ted. So Ted is, after three weeks of apologizing, either because he tailed between his legs or genuinely doesn't want Robin to feel bad about it, it's now, because Robin hasn't accepted his apology, Ted is going to default to jerk Ted because his ego is bruised. So he announces to everybody, hey, Mary, this party's dead. You want to go upstairs? And she says, oh boy, I can't wait. Which is, again, weird. You're still at a table with six strangers and Barney. Like, yeah, let's let's go up to this hotel room at, like, 9 p.m. The, that's what's going to happen. Ted and Mary go to the elevator. Robin storms off with Sandy, presumably, to go also have sex. But that was never her plan in the first place. And she puts him to, sends him home to go back to the party to her friends. With Ted upstairs, she comes back to the table. Ted's gone. Oh, wow, he's he really is trying to make me jealous. Wow, good for him. Jerk Ted is jerk Ted. The hallway walk down the... So this is really good cinematography shot back and forth between Ted and Mary in the hallway and everybody downstairs at the table. Ted and Mary are talking about work, and Mary starts using these puns. Like, oh my gosh, clients were riding me all day. And this one guy, talk about anal. He just would knock it off my back. And she's like hemming and hawing and Ted's face is becoming more disgusted. They get to the door of the hotel room and it cuts back to the table where Marshall lets slip to Lily that Mary's a prostitute and he's not okay with Ted's decision to go upstairs with her. And Barney starts chuckling. And he, big reveal, Mary's not a prostitute. At no point, and this is excellent writing, at no point in the episode since being introduced to Mary did Barney confirm that she was a prostitute. And I've attempted to, in the recording of this, not definitively say that, so Barney spoke on behalf of Mary. Hi, this is my neighbor Mary. She, she's a paralegal. So there has not been a confirmation that she's a prostitute, it was simply the topic of conversation amongst the guys prior to Barney calling Mary up and saying, hey, I've got this buddy. So we, the audience, find out like 20 seconds before Ted does that Mary's actually a paralegal. 
So her fielding the question makes a lot. So it's not that she had to have a fake accountant job that she had to talk about. When she's asked to talk about it, she is actually a paralegal at a law firm with a probably going to school and whatnot. Oh, one correction. Ted Marrier talking about going up to a hotel room on the first night. And Ted's like, I've never done this. And Mary thinks that Ted's talking about going on a date. So Ted's talking about taking a hooker to a hotel room. And Mary's like having sex on the first night. So they're not on the same page. When they get to the door, Ted says, I can't do this. And Mary says, why not? And Ted says, because you're a prostitute. And Mary says, no, I'm a paralegal. Ted says, no, you're a hooker. Mary says, no, I'm a paralegal. No, you're a hooker. And good acting. Ted gets angry at her for not being up front, kind of like a inside-out catfishing, backwards catfishing. The, her not admitting to this is what she does for work. But Ted is of the mindset that he has been on a date with a prostitute, which hooker is has such a worse connotation for some reason. The way that he phrases it, you're a hooker. There's so much condescension in Ted's voice, in Josh Radner's voice, that you, the audience, there's like a visceral whiplash sort of feeling to the scene. Understandably, Mary is super pissed and slaps Ted right in the face. So Barney, one, let Marshall and Ted believe that Mary's a prostitute the whole night to prove the point that... Ted, if you think that you're on a date with a sure thing, or when you when you lean into your jerk Ted tendencies, women will joyfully agree to go up to a hotel room that you just presumptuously paid for. Hey, I got a hotel room, and we've only known each other for a couple of hours. Do you want to go have sex with me? That brazen openness got Ted 20 feet from getting laid. That would have been amazing to have had sex with marry the paralegal, and then wake up in a hotel room with a, with a stranger. Uh, I mean, Ted has game, but that's at some point, that's got to be an awkward conversation in the morning. Like, so, that was great. You want to do that again? Yeah, let's just not check out of this hotel room that Barney got for us. Let's get back to our weekday lives. It's an interesting turning point for Ted to, because he, Ted looks like an absolute fool, and then when confronting Barney about it, has Barney has no remorse about the situation, so I heard you got slapped, and now Mary hates them both. Or Ted didn't explain to Mary that he was under the impression that she was a prostitute, and that's something that you can laugh about. How would Ted have treated that date differently if he thought Mary was a a person with a a regular job, a real job, a non-judgment-inducing job? Would he have told the same jokes and stories and smiled as much and leaned in? And so that's an interesting... It's called priming, where you come into a social situation assuming something out of the person that you're talking to, and it frames the way that you have a conversation with that person. So Jerk Ted, when he has that extra oomph of confidence, he does get further, but at what cost? He does kind of treat Mary like she's not good enough to be on this date with him. And then Mary, to her credit, does act super suggestive like it shouldn't be there's like a little bit of chase or a fur as attractive and head on her shoulders really witty she marries a quality woman she shouldn't make it that easy for a guy like jerk ted to just hop in a bit like oh yeah i love free hotel rooms come do me that's that's i I just don't like how she's written i can't imagine women being that easy 
that I can see myself taking criticism for. But I believe that everybody of all genders should raise their standards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say that. I'll, the overall writing, uh, with the ambiguity of what Mary's job is and how intelligently the writers let us, the audience, as well as Ted, think that Mary is a prostitute and not not a sex worker, is done really well. The The writing is very nuanced to where certain sentences are cut off or certain people speak on behalf of somebody else to keep the audience in the dark. That's done extremely well. I think this episode is necessary because it shows the nature of Jerk Ted or the susceptibility of regular Ted to become Jerk Ted when his ego is bruised. This again shows an example of Ted not really being ready to settle down because he was up until getting being faced with like, well, do you want to walk through this door and have sex with someone who you think is a paid for prostitute? He was willing to make his friend feel bad all evening until he was faced with that decision. That should tell everybody and especially Ted that he is not ready to date again. Ted doesn't have the right mindset when it comes to actually getting to know another person. So we've only got a handful of episodes left in the season. I'm excited to see where now Jerk Ted, I, I think he's full Jerk I, to see where Jerk Ted goes as he regresses. Because every, most episodes, he's been nice guy Ted, and now the gloves are off. He's okay, he's more becoming more okay with being Jerk Ted. So I wonder how far down that rabbit hole he will fall. I think that's a good character arc. Similar to Cookies Missing Sea Salt, or ice cream missing brownie, or curry with not enough ginger, or I'm running out of food examples. Movies where John McClane doesn't blow up a building. There we go. The episode overall leaves you with the experience that something's missing, so it's not top 10, top 20, but it's an intelligently written one. There's plenty of nuance, and you can tell the, the actors have a lot of fun with it. Otherwise, that's my show, and it's... A sunny afternoon somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. We're just, the concept of afternoons, we're, we're solidifying it. Bye, everybody. Thank you.